Welcome. You're listening to the Peace and Passion Podcast, the place for conscious couples and individuals who want to explore aspects of their relationships as a self-growth evolution. I'm your host, Iman Iskander, and I'm a couples therapist and counseling coach on a mission to shore up your relational life with useful information and tips, as well as inspiration and ideas from the great minds of our guests. So you can skillfully and confidently and mindfully navigate the relationship with yourself and with others and with all of life and its challenges. On with the show. In this episode, we're having a conversation that's all about finding your relationship online using dating apps. I must admit, dating apps are not my specialty, but today our guest offers her wisdom and a way of freeing yourself to use apps to connect and just find friends. You're about to hear from Beverly Besher, a life coach from Savannah in the USA, and she talks to us all about some of the issues you may encounter when you're moving into dating. Together, we talk about how you present yourself and holding yourself in authenticity when you put yourself out there on these apps, why feeling needy is less likely to work in your favor because it's harder to be yourself. She also talks about rejection and encourages a reframe rather than self-shaming. Say, I am proud of myself and put your energy into something else. After all, dating is a numbers game. The best part is when she starts talking about her red flags. For example, she says that some apps inculcate the idea that there's always somebody better out there. And that can be a red flag if your partner continues dating when you've become an item. Oh, and listen up. She gives a list of her own personal red flags when she's dating. It's pretty good. Make sure you pay attention. And to top it off, we get to hear Beverly's personal handy tip to find the qualities and the values you want in a partner. So let's begin. Hello and welcome. Today we have Beverly Besher all the way from the USA. And whilst we're freezing here in Savannah, she's boiling. So it's going to be an interesting interview. We're going to talk about a lot of fun things in this interview because Beverly is a life coach and she deals a lot with relationships, especially in the space where people are trying to look for love. Beverly, hello and welcome. How are you today? I am great, Iman. I am so delighted to be here with you and having this conversation. We've had some informal ones in the past and really they've really been enjoyable. I love the fact that you've made time for us and when we spoke earlier you told me how much you love working with relationships and you deal with all sorts of relationships and with couples and so it's a real privilege for us to have you on this program and even though we had to fit it in late in the day for you, early in the morning for, the, for me, we made it work. So very big yeah. welcome to you. Thank so, you. Let's start then by asking you a question that's kind of near and dear to my heart, the idea of love. Like there's a lot of songs about love, a lot of words about love. Can you tell me a a definition of love that you find useful? Yes, I think it's really interesting because it's a confusing term for a lot of people. And um, in, in Western culture especially, we have a tendency to romanticize love, right? But for me, a, a great working definition is um, love is kind of composed of a number of things. It's, it's um, in part that chemistry that you have with somebody else. I think that's really important. It's, 
it's the idea that you want the best for the person that you're in a relationship with, as well as you want to be able to stay true to who you are. So um, a really loving relationship is one where there's space for, for each member of the couple to grow and explore and feel safe enough to begin to really express who you are in the relationship without fear that the other person is going to, to walk away. And so you have to be a little bit vulnerable in a good loving relationship. You would need to be able to step into your vulnerability to try and have those really honest conversations with somebody that you care about. Mm, I love that. There's an element of authenticity in that definition, like really showing up. And the other part that not many people talk about is the risk-taking. Like being vulnerable is a bit of risk-taking there to, to kind of be who you are and not try and be somebody that they want. It's just who yeah. you are. I love that. So thank you for that. Um, I'll move on to another question then. And this kind of relates to the, the, the area I work in, as you know, is relationships as well. and. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've got a, a few people at the moment who have been looking for love, looking for this person that's going to be the ideal mate. And as you know, nowadays, it's kind of harder to just meet organically, <laughs> especially during COVID time. That was really hard. <laughs> yeah. And so kind of the use of the apps is something that people are relying on. But I've heard so many different comments from people. I've heard people say, oh, my God, apps are the pits. I've had one lady say to me, no, look, I'm never going to go there again. I've been hurt too many times. There's no one out there that's genuine, that's good. Um, and, and I guess once people start to get, you know, rejections, like no one's swiping or not mm -hmm. the right type of person, that really does a lot of damage to their self-esteem. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just wondering if you have any comments at all about the, the dating scene at the moment and the use of apps generally. Yeah, well, let me start with the first part of that question around the dating scene um, in general, about dating in general. I think you, you need to do a little bit of a self-assessment and identify where you are on your personal journey. Um, what is bringing you into the dating world? Um, the best scenario for everybody is that you're really comfortable with who you are already. You like your company. You're able to pursue things that interest you, that make you happy, that stimulate you. And that what you're looking for now is a companion that's kind of like the cherry on the top of the ice cream sundae. You know, you're perfectly happy with the ice cream and the whipped cream and the toppings, but now you want that little bit extra. So if you're out in the dating world and you're looking for a man or a woman or whoever you're looking for um, to complete you and to make you happy every day, I think I would ask you to step back from that a little bit and do a little bit of self-assessment and make sure that the other pieces of your life feel good to you, that you feel really solid in who you are. Um, and then I think when you step out into the dating world and you step onto the, the platforms, and there's a variety of different platforms, and we can talk about that later if you want, Iman. Oh, yeah. um, uh, then I think you're goal for you is to kind of hold yourself in as much authenticity. That's a word you used before, Iman, authenticity. So that what you are representing as yourself on the dating sites and what you're sincerely looking for is out there and as clear as you can possibly make it on the dating site. And that would be my best advice, just in a nutshell right there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people often get disappointed because they're kind of looking for a Prince Charming to ride in off the streets and sweep them up on the back of his beautiful white charger. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a lovely romantic idea. And you may indeed meet somebody that just makes your heart kind of pound all the time and just butterflies in your stomach every time you walk into the room. But you also have to recognize that that doesn't always happen immediately. Some of those really great love stories that you've heard about over the years have come because the relationship built over time and somebody came to really see the value of another person. So it's really, it's really in your best interest to identify what you value in another person and look for that kind of irrespective of the, the outer shell. I mean, the outer shell is important too for your chemistry, but it's also, it needs to not be the primary focus. Yeah, there's some really beautiful golden nuggets in all of this and there's so many directions we can take this conversation. I'm going to back, go back to the visual that you gave us, which is the, the cake with the icing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to show how much I like food. <laughs> what we both. <laughs> yes, I think that's true. <laughs> and I love the idea that you've got to be complete in yourself and it's not... Um, kind of, uh, you know, I need a relationship, I have to have a relationship to make me complete. It's like my life is great and I want someone to complement that, to kind of be part of that greatness. I wonder if you've had any experience in your work or if you have any comments. How is the experience of dating different for a person who's, I'm going to say, kind of needy, like I have to find someone, there's urgency around this, um, and... And then the other person who's kind of going, yeah, I'll just have a look, see what's out there. And if there's no one there, I'll just carry on. I'm busy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great question, Iman. And I think what happens is if somebody is out there needy and they just, you know, and, and I have to admit, this is not always their fault. Our society tells you that as you are better off as a couple. And we push that all the time. Our society pushes that all the time. So especially for single people, that can be disconcerting. And a lot of our social events are around couples too. So it also, you, you feel it sometimes when you're a single. You feel that, that pressure. Um, but if you step into the dating world feeling very needy, it is less likely that you are going to be your authentic self. Because it is more likely that you will try to portray yourself or mold yourself to meet the desires of the potential partner that you are talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not a great scenario for a long-term relationship. It's not bad if you want a quick hookup, and, and that's okay too if what you want is a quick hookup. But if you're looking for a real relationship, you you need to be able to express your whole self as much as possible when you're out there starting to meet other people. Um, Look, that's really, so that would be my, the biggest drawback. Yeah. Uh, this is a really challenging area for women because sometimes there is a need in the sense that it's the biological clock and it's ticking and I'm almost 40 and so I do need to find somebody now before I turn 40. <laughs> And yes. so that's always there in the back of the mind. What do you reckon people could do with that? Because it's real. Physiology. It is real. Hmm. It is real. Hmm. Um, I, I think that I would recommend in those situations an exploration of options. 
Let's try and broaden the idea of what might make a successful life for you. And also, let, and if children are very important in your life, let's look at where you might have access to be able to nurture and love children and, and look at, there's a variety of options there. Mm. Um, I think it's a conversation that's going to be one-on-one depending on what each individual's needs are. Yeah. Um, it is definitely a, a, a factor for women. I mean, it's not, it doesn't seem very fair, but men can have children when they're 80. <laughs> you know? and, we, and as women, we, we really run into a wall. So yeah, I think it's a serious consideration. And I think if you're like 35 and you're moving towards your 40s and you're thinking about that biological clock and it's really and truly a serious issue for you, then start having a conversation about what your options might be. And if it becomes that you want a partner to raise children and you want to get married, then reprioritize what you're doing with your life. Mm. And that's what I have recommended to to clients in the past. Mm. You want to be married and have a child, then where are you putting your energies? How are you meeting people? How are you stepping out into the world so that you can meet the person that you think is going to be the right person? Mm. We can live very insular lives these days, especially during COVID. But even even with modern technology, separates us in many ways from potential partners. Mm. So it does become more of a challenge and you do need to decide that you're going to put effort into making that a reality for yourself. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I like Do you think that. your clients would respond to that kind of conversation? Um, yeah, I think uh, sometimes I find that people get caught in uh, what I call black and white thinking. It's either with kids, without kids. It's mm-hmm. success and it's failure. It's good and it's bad. And, and yet there's a whole middle space to explore. Life can be rich and full And if we look at what the meaning of having children is, if it's the experience of nurturing and loving and mothering, then as you rightly pointed out, you can get that in other ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's it's kind of like what society's given us, then you've got to really think about, well, is it just an either or, or is there some other place that I can make okay for myself? Mm -hmm. So... um, I definitely see the black and white thinking a fair bit about it's either this or that. Um, yeah. one, one client actually said to me, because she was already thinking of this in her early 20s because she hadn't been dating a lot, and, and so she froze some eggs. That was her thing, in preparation. And mm-hmm. when I worked with her and kind of worked out, you know, what was going on there, it was because she had two sisters who did not find a suitable mate um, and they went over that um, the 40s <laughs> and and they were still single. And so for her, there was this big fear of I'm just going to be another one. So she she took Matt, I mean, it, it empowered her. It was lovely because she took right. Matt into her own hands and, and found a space that she could be comfortable with and would, you know, and uh, she could still have that experience of mothering. So people find other creative ways, I guess. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's the black and white thinking that I see a fair bit, and you did point to that. So that's that's kind of really cool. Yeah. Let's, let's look at the idea then of somebody who's kind of, all right, well, I, I, okay, I don't have to have children right now, but I'm damn lonely. 
and I just kind of want to have someone to go out with because we talked about this earlier. Life is kind of all about couples these days and social mm-hmm. events are about couples and all my friends are coupled up and I want to, I just want someone really special. So what kind of profile do you think, like what is it that they put out there so that they don't attract those people who are after a, you know, one night stand maybe if that's not what they're after or right. undesirable people, I guess. What is it that they right. should, yeah. I think that you say exactly what you just said. I mean, you, I think you as candid as possible on your, on your site and you say, I'm not interested in one night stands. I am interested in building a relationship with somebody that is mutually respectable, um, that allows us to socialize and do things. Um, if you're, and if you're interested in having that be a sexual relationship, I would say that in there too. And I, that doesn't mean we can't have a, relation, a sexual relationship, but I am monogamous with my partner or whatever. You know, you actually lay it out as clear as you can for the, the person that's going to read your profile. And obviously, you, you want to select your words so it reflects who you are. So that would be my recommendation, that you just um, you put out what you are looking for. Um, you know, there's a lot of, if we're talking to women there and they're looking for men, there's a lot of men out there that are looking for the same thing you are looking for, companionship somebody to go to dinner with, somebody to invite to their sister's wedding, somebody to um, have sex with at home in a monogamous relationship. There are men out there that are looking for exactly what you are looking for too. So just tell them. I love that. That's so empowering. So you can just get on there and say, hey, I'm just after a friend to go out to dinner with. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's just the truth. And, mm-hmm. and I've never really thought about that, that you can kind of just put it out there as, well, I know this is a dating app, but I'm actually just wanting a friend just mm-hmm. come out mm-hmm. with me for dinner. So that's really freeing to have that. So thank you for that. Um, well, and, you know, from my personal experience, because um, uh, I was married for many, many years and then I was divorced and I needed to step into the dating world after not having done it for decades and decades. And um I found that one of the things that's really interesting, I can have dinner with just about anybody. You know, I can enjoy their conversation. I can ask them questions. I can find out about their lives. Um, And so the dating app can really give you that. If what you just want is just to get out for a little bit and not be at home and just have a nice dinner and talk to somebody new, you can get that very easily. Mm -hmm. If what you want is to find the right person you have chemistry with, then you have to pay attention to who you're selecting more. And you have to think, does this man, is this potential partner somebody that I really could get excited about? And then pursue that and then talk about that. But um, yeah, I think whatever you would like to do in the dating world, you can pretty much do. Just ask for it. Yeah. I love that. That's so freeing. It felt really heavy before when I was thinking about dating apps. Now I'm not in a position where I'm dating, but it's just thinking about what it would be like. It felt heavy and I had the wrong idea that actually you just go on there because you want to date, you want to find a relationship, but you've just opened up a whole lot of possibility here about just how to connect with people. It's just a, a different way of meeting people and yeah. it's all, it can be really good. <laughs> yeah, there's the, there's a whole range of, of different sites and different um, 
and within the sites, it's not unusual for them to say what you're looking for. And you have like a checkbox or you can, you know, so that you can kind of weed. The one thing that I notice about dating apps is you can get inundated with too much, too much information coming in all the time from the apps. So you want to narrow it, narrow it to what you want. Eliminate the people that aren't looking for the same thing that you're looking for. Right. So let's, let's talk then about rejection because I do have people who kind of go, they are looking for a mate, they want to settle down, they've put their profile up there, they've become vulnerable and exposed everything, they think they've made the right selection and they go out with somebody and then that per- they don't hear from that person again and so there's a sense of, oh, I wasn't good enough. Or as the case with one of my 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 one of my clients, um, they go out for a period of time. It was even a few months, and things were good. But then she decided that you know what, I can see things here that are kind of red flags. I don't want this. And because she was the one to say no, thank you, he got really angry, and he did a whole lot of stuff on social media and kind of that mm. wasn't pretty, and that really shattered her. It shocked her. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if you've got anything that to say about how you cope with rejection and how you offer um, a no thank you. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, from the standpoint of coping with rejection, I think um, you, you reframe it in your mind. You use the phrase, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough, right? So you take that shaming, self-shaming talk away because it's not really useful and it's not really true. And instead, you put in, well, I'm proud of myself. I tried that. This person is not the right match. Better that I tried and I know that right away that this is not the right person for me. And that's for whatever reason, it's he's just not feeling it. And that I walk away from that and I put my energy into something else. Um, you know that that whole way of thinking around you just keep trying and trying and trying until you get it you get the right response and you get the right feeling um it's a numbers game dating can be a numbers game and you need to just be prepared for that because you are it's so hard to know when you're meeting somebody online what it's going to actually feel like when you're in the actual space with them and you may get in the actual space and go oh this feels like amazing or you may go, oh, well, okay, I could have dinner with him and then that's about it. We're done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's fair enough. The other party is going to do the same thing. And what you want is two mutually attracted people. You do not want somebody that's not really all that into you, right? So if they say, thank you, but this is not going to work, you go, I really enjoyed meeting you. Good luck on your search. You be gracious and you step away and you go to the next person. Mm. That said... I want to also put that in context because one of the things that the dating apps do is they inculcate this idea that there's always potentially somebody better out there. And if you are talking to somebody and you feel like they're always continuing to look to see if there's somebody better out there, that's a conversation you can have with them around that. Or that's a, that's a red flag that you can say, ah, okay, I don't want to be doing that. Um, some of the apps are designed to minimize that a little bit. 
So there's an app, for example, um, Coffee for My Bagel, I think is what it's called. Let me just think about that for just a minute. Coffee meet bagel, meets bagel. It's kind of a catchy phrase. <laughs> and the idea on that one is it slows the introduction of potential partners to you. So you get one person each day so that you can have a more in-depth look at what their profile is, really think about, is this somebody that I would like to meet? You can pause any future ones if you want to ex explore that. It slows everything down. So As good. opposed to the classic match.com, for example, where you're just inundated by anybody that's in the area that happens to like match your profile. And you could have 45 names that are showing up on your, on your site. Wow. So you might want to think about looking for apps in your area that allow things to slow down a little bit. Well, maybe that could just be a personal resolution too, that you decide that I'm going to look at one and I'm just going to, can you sort of block all the others out and just focus on one and then the next day pick up one more and that could be your own personal goal? Like yeah, that. I think you could. I yeah. think you could. Yeah. What is the advantage of the apps? Why should people go looking on apps rather than waiting to kind of meet someone? Yeah, well, the algorithms for a lot of the apps have proven to have to really be successful in in helping people um, find potential partners and, and settle in. I mean, there is actual truth to all that. Um, and because our world is just really different than it used to be, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. How we used to meet people, how we used to socialize, uh, is just has changed a lot. And so here's an opportunity to really come across somebody. And so many people in our world, you know, I don't know about your parents, but I assume, I think we've talked about this, that, you know, my parents met when they were very young and they're still married after 65 years. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. My generation, um, the over 55 crowd, is... Um, has the highest divorce rate in the United States. Wow. So with our higher divorce rate, what we're doing is we're finding people in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s that are looking for mates now, and they're not in their early teens or late teens, early 20s, where they had um, church, school, university, first jobs, where there was a, a whole network of single people that they were socializing with because that was their demographic. Now we're all kind of spread out across multiple different platforms as far as like, you know, who's eligible for us to date. So I think the apps help bring that to your door. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So what about in the case where there's been a divorce and there's a number of kids in tow? I mean, how important is it to kind of really like date the kids? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, you'd get along with them, so there's not going to be any diabolical situations. Is that important at all, or is that something that should just evolve? Um, I think I think that's really something that needs a lot of attention. Mm. And I think, um, and it's not uncommon, especially say if your your clientele group that you were talking about that's like in their 30s to 40s, it's not uncommon to find somebody with that has young children still. Right? Mm. It's a different dynamic if the kids are out of the house, obviously. But if, you are, if your potential partner is raising children or you have children, that's an important consideration. Yeah. And, um, and that's a conversation that um, 
is really almost one-on-one depending on each dynamic, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm working with clients that are divorced and they have young children, we have that conversation about what do you want to do about introducing potential partners or people that you're dating to your children? Do you only want to date when you have your off week, when the kids are with their, their other parent? You know, how much do you feel you need to protect your children and vice versa? When you are dating somebody that has children, a conversation between them around the two adults around when does it feel appropriate for you to introduce me to your children? And what is that dynamic going to look like? Mm. I have known relationships that were otherwise really beautifully well matched that have ended as a result of um, the stepchildren being in the picture, not because there wasn't a lot of love, but because the partners could not agree on what the relationship should be for the stepfather to the stepchildren. Mm. And so, yeah. It, yeah, it, it, they just couldn't, they couldn't come to terms with how they should parent well. Yeah. So that's a conversation. You don't need to have that the first couple of dates that you have. But if you're dating somebody, you're finding a strong attraction and what you're looking for is a committed relationship. That's a conversation that probably needs to happen around their third or fourth or fifth date, at least at the preliminary stages to talk about the kids. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Great advice there. It's a Again, a golden nugget. So this question is around things that you really should divulge or maybe shouldn't divulge too early. There's always this struggle about, you know, do I say this? Do I ask, you know, do I find out about that? How do I ask them and should I be telling them? And also the, the thing that's the other part of that is the red flags, you know, like when some, what are the most obvious red flags that, that you would recommend people kind of take note of? <laughs> Is there anything? Okay. That, I, mean, I know it's pretty individual, but perhaps. Yeah. No. Well, and um, I bet you will have some too. So let's brainstorm a little bit on those. Absolutely. <laughs> for, for me, one of the first, like on the first date, one of the red flags for me is if the person you're meeting doesn't ask you any questions yeah. and you are doing all the questioning and you are, it's all about that other person. That's a red flag. I yeah. want to feel equanimity in that he's, or he's interested in me as much as I'm interested in, and that he has the ability to go back and forth in a conversation. A red flag for me is if he's really late, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, if he calls and says, I'm stopped and there's a train crossing and I'm going to be five minutes late, I don't have a problem. But if he's not showing up on time to meet me, and it's the first date, and that's not a really good sign, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it's a sign of respect. So it could be carried yeah. out for the past yeah. relationship. How, how are you going to respect me and my time? And so, yeah, it's yeah. To yes. And if you do that now, what's going to happen when he's not trying to make a good first impression? Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to get worse. It's like a job and, when you go for a job and you're late, they kind of go, right. So you're just <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. I always watch to see how they treat the if we're at a restaurant or a coffee shop or something, how they treat the wait staff. Oh, I mean, I think there's some truism to that. Do you yeah, know, are they good. like dismissive or demanding, or or do they not leave a tip if they're paying and it's not much of it? You know, it's those kind of things yeah. because those those pieces are important to me. I want somebody that's kind 
and respectful and not and casually generous, I guess, would be something that's important to me. I love the way you frame that then because you're really aware of what your values are and what you're looking for. So perhaps that's the first piece, kind of know what is important for me in, in a guy. And once you have your values, then you start looking out for them the way you've just explained. That's really good. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> I think that's really healthy. If you can spend a little time thinking about what's important to you, and, and there's a little trick that I have used to kind of hone those for me over time. I have thought about what relationships of any kind in my life have given me a lot of joy. And then I thought about those people in particular, and it might be, a, you know, a relative. It might, it, might be a, it might be a sister. It might be a good friend, whatever it was. I've thought about what was it about that relationship that I really, really felt myself, felt joy, was excited to see that person on a regular basis. And then I just compiled all those different attributes. Oh, she's always a positive personality. Oh, he always is willing to listen to me. Oh, he's so kind and generous with other people, whatever it was. And I kind of like shuffled those around until I prioritized what it was for me. Yeah. And then I knew my perfect guy has these qualities, right? Yeah. And that's really useful to for you to do as an individual when That's you're in the day. good. That is worth highlighting and underlining. So if you <laughs> didn't hear this, I want you to pay attention. If you're <laughs> trouble coming up with your own values, then the idea is to have a look at who you've got close, wonderful relationships with, things you like about them, and identify what makes it so good. What is it that they're offering that enables you to show up authentically and to enjoy the interactions? And they become the things that you want. Imagine if we had all of those things in one person. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's prioritizing is helpful because you're not going to get them all. But, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> there is no ideal there. But at least it gives you an idea of, you know, what to look for instead of just kind of going um, without, yeah. you know, what you look Sometimes it's just hard to kind of to know. Yeah. You want to, it's time consuming to date. So you would like to become as efficient as possible while still being kind. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so the more that you know about what you want, the better, right? <laughs> and you go, so that guy showed up late, yelled at the wait staff, and didn't leave a tip. Nope, he's not my guy, you know? He's <laughs> not my guy. Even though he looks amazing and he's got the Yes, he's super hot. Yes, he works out. His politics are the same as mine. But he doesn't have these innate qualities that I am going to want to be living with long past when his body is not so hot anymore. So, yeah, looking behind those those presentations. Now, I don't have anything wrong with saying I am going to a, a, a wedding and my ex is going to be there and I want some beautiful eye candy on my arm and you go for the hottest guy you can get and take him with you. As long as you're honest with him, yes. you know, and you put that out there, look, this is what I'm going to be doing. Are you okay with that? And you, you may get a guy that's like, oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, let's, let's go play with that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's you can crazy. have different desires for the different kinds mm-hmm. of relationships you want. 
Beverly, I love the way you've just made that so free and so easy. You've offered so many gems here and I, I really do feel a sense of lightness around all of this. It's just like I'm living my life and I'm playing with this dating thing and even to the point where you can have a conversation about, hey, I just want someone hunky like you to come with me. And, and if you're both on board, well, why not? That's beautiful. So thank you so much for giving us your time. Now, I'm thinking that a lot of my people might be listening to this and thinking, hey, I want to find Beverly. Where, how, can, how do we connect? <laughs> what, uh, how can people find you? Well, thanks. Um, I do have an Instagram account, and it's under my name, Bev Besher, B-E-V-B-E-S-C-H-E-R. Um, so you're welcome to look me up there, and I will certainly be happy to um, befriend you. And also you can find me if you just want to send me an email, and if you have any questions or you just want to have a chat on the phone or via Zoom, I'd be happy to talk to anybody about um, kind of what I'm, where I am and what I do. So if you send me an email, you'd again send it to my name. So it's Beverly, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y dot Besher, B-E-S. C-H-E-R at gmail.com. Okay. Folks, you've heard it all. If you want to contact Beverly, you've got her email and you've got her Instagram. Go and follow her now. Thank you for tuning in and hopefully we'll see you again soon for another chat. Thank you, Beverly. Take care. Thank you, Iman. Thanks for listening to the Peace and Passion podcast. If you'd like to stay in contact, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you like something here or if something resonated with you, I'd love your encouragement to keep this going. You can do that with a review, a like or a share or just by telling someone that you think will benefit from hearing this. Take good care now.